Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Well, hello there and happy Friday, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast. So I hope you guys have been having a great week and have an even greater weekend this weekend. And uh, let me know what you guys are doing. Go to my website, www.p40ministries.com slash contact, or you can go to my Facebook page to uh, let me know what you guys are up to. And as always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, prayer requests, anything at all, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm pretty available for the most part and will respond to you hopefully in a timely manner. Uh, But anyway, let's go ahead and start reading this portion of scripture. On Wednesday, we left off on a cliffhanger kind of where we were talking about the wave offering. So what the heck is a wave offering? Well, let's talk about it today. I'm going to be reading Exodus chapter 29 verses 26 through 37. So let's see if we can figure out a little bit more about this wave offering and uh, more about what Aaron and his sons have to do and their descendants as well in order to become priests to God, which was the best career back then that you could possibly have pretty much because you were ministering to God, you were ministering to the people. It's a very purpose-filled, very exciting role to have. But anyway, once again, let's read Exodus chapter 29 verses 26 through 37 and grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's go ahead and read this. You shall take the breast of Aaron's ram of consecration and wave it for a wave offering before Yahweh. It shall be your portion. You shall sanctify the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the wave offering, which is waved and which is raised up of the ram of consecration, even of that which is for Aaron and of that which is for his sons. It shall be for Aaron and for his sons as their portion forever from the children of Israel, for it is a wave offering. It shall be a wave offering from the children of Israel of the sacrifices of their peace offerings, even their wave offerings to Yahweh. The holy garments of Aaron shall be for his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. Seven days shall the son who is priest in his place put them on when he comes into the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place. You shall take the ram of consecration and boil its meat in a holy place. Aaron and his sons shall eat the meat of the ram and the bread that is in the basket at the door of the tent of meeting. They shall eat those things with which the atonement was made to consecrate and sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat of it, because they are holy. If anything of the meat of the consecration or of the bread remains to the morning, then you shall burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten, because it is holy. You shall do so to Aaron and to his sons, according to all that I have commanded you. You shall consecrate them for seven days. Every day you shall offer the bull of the sin offering for atonement. You shall cleanse the altar when you make atonement for it. You shall anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar shall be holy. For sake of uh, interpretation, I'm actually going to switch over to the NLT version of the Bible, which is a little bit more readable. The reason I read out of the WEB version is because it's completely in the public domain. And since I'm literally going through the entire Bible, and most versions of the Bible are not in the public domain, I read out of the WEB version in order to avoid issues. 
<laughs> lawsuit issues. But um, the WEB, it's a great version because it was made to be in the public domain, as I, um, I've said before. But it's not the best when it comes to readability sometimes because it was taken from an older version and translated kind of newer. But still, there's some words in here that are kind of hard for most people to understand, like consecrate. Like, what does that mean? So I'm switching over to the NLT version, which is uh, very, very, um, for the most part, readable. So it says here in verse 26 that the third ram that we talked about on Wednesday, so first and foremost, there was a bull that was supposed to be the sin offering. And part of that was to be taken outside of the camp to show that there was a removal of sin from the camp and was removed, basically. The second one was supposed to be a ram. And the entire ram was supposed to be burned. The entire thing showing that Aaron and his sons were going to be completely dedicated to God. So this was symbolism to show that, you know, the entire burning of the ram that was showing that their their complete and total dedication to God. Now, this third ram that is talking about right here, this is supposed to be a wave offering. And that's where we left off on Wednesday when we talked about this was a wave offering. So a wave offering is literally when Aaron and his sons are lifting up their hands and waving at God. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That is what a wave offering is. So what they would do is they would take the meat and the bread and whatever else and they would literally wave it at the heavens at God's face. So they were waving at God. And, you know, I find this concept actually super cool and kind of unique because first and foremost, this is the first time anything like this had ever been heard before. The wave offering is just being introduced. No one ever heard of a wave offering before. But how interesting is that, that when we're waving at God or when the priests were waving at God, God would see it. He was looking at it and uh, he would recognize that they were there waving at him. That is literally the point of the wave offering to show that God was there. God could see everything. Like, for example, if you wave at somebody, like if I'm trying to get my husband's attention in a store or something, or when I go shopping with my mom, let's say, because that's more likely that I'll go shopping with my mom than with my husband. <laughs> but anyway, when I am shopping at a store and we split up and we're looking at different things, my mom will be like, Jen, Jen, where are you? And I will wave my arms to let her see me. And we do that all the time when we're in crowded areas, when we're in restaurants, who knows, we wave at people to let them know that we are there. And the people see the wave. That is what God is telling his priests to do, to literally wave at him for them to be like, hey, we're right here. We're just about to present this offering to you. This is showing God's omnipresence, basically. He's all over the place. He can see them. And so that's what I find is so cool is the fact that he wants his people to wave at him. <laughs> you know, he wants their attention. And that is what we do when we wave at other people is we're trying to get their attention. So that is what this signifies is the priests trying to get God's attention by waving this offering at God and being like, look what we're about to present to you. It is very interesting uh, all throughout scripture. God really doesn't mind being nagged. <laughs> he really doesn't. He actually kind of enjoys being nagged. In fact, he says to nag him. And there's many times where he says, like, throw all of your anxiety onto God. Literally throw it onto him. Like, he wants to hear about every single thing that makes you anxious. So God doesn't mind being nagged. And then there's another uh, verse where it says, like, uh, the woman who 
has like a lawsuit she keeps like pounding at the the judge's door or whatever and he's not even like a believer this is a story in the bible and eventually he gives in to this woman who is just constantly nagging him because he's sick of hearing her nag and when jesus says this parable he's saying basically do the same thing to god like just keep nagging him just keep pounding on that door and telling god what's bothering you because eventually he will listen he will hear you he really wants to be nagged because when we're nagging god we're we're acknowledging that he is there first and foremost. And secondly, we're admitting that we need him for something. So this is kind of what God is commanding his priests to do here. Like almost like nag him, say like, look, you know, we're not just burning it on the altar. Here we are. We're waving this in front of you. Like, look at us, God, here we are. We're doing this for you. (laughs) So I find that kind of cool that we can actually wave at God. Like we really can. And he'll see it. He'll, He'll see us waving at him. How interesting is that? So then after this, it talks a little bit more after this wave offering thing about what uh, Aaron's descendants should do when they become priests. So the Levite clan or the, the tribe of Levi were the ones that were supposed to be priests. We know that Moses was of the tribe of Levi. And right now he is the the high priest, basically. And then Aaron was his brother. And then Aaron's sons were also of the tribe of Levi. So the Levites at this time period were supposed to be God's priests or the priests of the people. They were the ones that were supposed to have uh, direct communication with God. They were supposed to be set apart even within Israel, basically. They were supposed to be even more set apart than the entire nation of Israel was so that they could have this very fulfilling career as a minister to the people. So this was the point of the tribe of Levi. Rather than gaining land, like we'll find out later on, like all the other tribes did, the tribe of Levi didn't gain any specific piece of land. They were supposed to be spread out into all of the different tribes and were supposed to minister to the tribe, were supposed to uh, help the people grow closer to God. They were supposed to be the priests, all the Levites. So now Aaron and his sons and his grandsons and whoever else that were supposed to become priests, God is now explaining the process of how these kids can become the priests once Aaron dies and once uh, the sons die and everything else. So it says here that um, they were supposed to put on the same uh, garments that Aaron and his sons wore. And uh, it says that these garments were supposed to be anointed and ordained and um, the garments should be preserved. It says then that the descendant who succeeds him as high priest will wear these clothes for seven days as he ministers in the tabernacle and the holy place. So this now, after Aaron and his sons are, um, are gone, and the next person is succeeding them. Is that the right word? Succeeding them? Succeeding? <laughs> it says that, um, succeed, there we go. The next person who succeeds them was supposed to do the ceremony for seven days where they literally live in the temple. And they're supposed to stay in the temple. They're supposed to talk with God. This was supposed to be kind of a, um, a very somber occasion. And they're supposed to sacrifice a bull every single day, showing that, um, you know, even though they're sinful individuals, they were being covered by this sin offering that they were supposed to do daily but it was also a show of how sinful they really were and you know when people are in a position like this like a high priest or a priest it's a very hard thing to not grow prideful and we even see that nowadays with many pastors who grow very prideful in their positions because people look to them they're always asking them questions you know it's hard not to get prideful 
in those kinds of situations where people are always looking to you. So God is showing these priests here that they were not supposed to become prideful in their positions because they were, (laughs) in a sense, just as sinful as everybody else in the camp was. This sin offering that was supposed to be sacrificed daily was showing that. It was showing like, look, this is only temporary. You have to do this every single day. You're no better than these other people, but you are supposed to be set apart as holy within a holy nation so that you can minister to all these other people. So this was a somber occasion that uh, Aaron's descendants would have to go through as they move into this priesthood, if that makes sense. So for seven days, they were supposed to, um, you know, do this ritual where they sacrifice the animal every single day, but also minister to the people and to God by living in that temple for seven days at the beginning, uh, the very beginning of their priesthood. After this, they would become a full-on priest or whatever. But then God kind of backtracks back to just Aaron and his sons here in verses 31 and 34. So it says here that that ram that we just talked about, the second ram, so remember I talked about the bull, which was a sin offering, the first ram, which was like a dedication to God ram, and then this ram, the second ram, this one now is supposed to be eaten by Aaron and his sons with God, literally. It says here in verse 32, Aaron and his sons will eat this meat along with the bread in the basket at the tabernacle entrance. They alone may eat the meat and the bread used for their purification on the ordination ceremony. No one else may eat them for these things are set apart and holy. So what's really cool about that is that second ram was not supposed to be just sacrificed to God. It was supposed to be shared as like a meal with God. So God doesn't always just want this like somber stuff to happen all the time. Sometimes we look at all this stuff and we think it's just so somber and uh, even morbid sometimes. But, But think about how God created us. He created us to want fun and fellowship with other people. I mean, every single human, it's literally in our biology, we kind of want to be around other people. Even if we're introverts, I know many introverts, I am not one of them, (laughs) but I know a lot of introverts, even they still want their friend group. They still want to hang out with certain people and, you know, have fun and play games and whatever. So we do want to be around people. That's just part of our nature. So if God created us that way, certainly he's very similar to that. He wants to be with us. He wants to fellowship with us. That's the reason he's doing all this to begin with with building this temple and to make priests and everything is so that he could get closer to his kids, the children of Israel. This was the purpose so that God could actually fellowship with his people. And even though he wasn't going to eat that meat or that bread because he didn't need to, he was still wanting to have that fellowship with his new priests, which were Aaron and his sons. So that is why this second ram was killed, not just for a sacrifice to God, but to actually fellowship with God. And so that Aaron could eat this meat with his kids and, you know, enjoy the fact that they are now full-fledged priests who have this awesome, new, fulfilling career. And this wouldn't be the only time they're fellowshipping with God. I mean, that table was built so that they actually could fellowship with God. (laughs) <laughs> and the priests were allowed to eat the bread that was sitting on that table and stuff. So 
Yeah, I mean, God placed great importance on fellowship, and uh, he often does. I mean, Jesus fellowshiped with um, his disciples and with the multitudes and everything. So fellowship around the dinner table is actually very, very important. So the moral of the story is to uh, invite somebody you know out for out for dinner sometime. And for someone like me who is a foodie and very much enjoys food, this sounds great to me. I'd love to have a meal with God. <laughs> or a meal with other people. I do enjoy doing that. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, this was Exodus chapter 29, verses 26 through 37. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. And you know, if you want to support P40 Ministries, go take a look at my logo t-shirt. I am so excited about the new P40 Ministries logo t-shirt for the podcast. It is a little cup that says P40 Ministries, and it is wearing a pair of headphones. And right underneath of it, It says something kind of snarky. It says, grab your cup of coffee and a tiny, tiny little print right underneath that. It says, or your cup of tea, (laughs) because I don't really like tea very much. And I talk about that on the podcast, you tea drinkers out there. But anyway, take a look at that. I'll drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode so you can navigate over there and possibly get yourself a brand new t-shirt and support P40 Ministries that way. But friends of faithful listeners have a fantastic weekend. Happy listening and God bless.